Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take a little trip with me and hopefully you can see how the hood, suburbs, and Main Street are all connected. Not respected, I mean. Network across the globe, cause it's a global market in case you didn't know. And since we all about information flow, let me be the first one to welcome you to Tech Zone with Paul Armadeus Lane. Let's talk tech, cause technology changing the game. It's all good in the hood, it's everywhere. Now let's get to the show, cause we live on air, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech Zone. I am Paul Armadeus Lane. This is ABC News. KMET, we're also streaming on live stream. YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, you name it, we definitely got you covered. Well, I'm back, and we had an amazing experience at Comic-Con 2017 in San Diego. And for some of you who have been following me on social media, you see why my eyes are still red, right? (laughs) We just had a great time. And on our show uh, today, what we're going to do is share some of the the great interviews uh, that we conducted with, with stars, executive, critics, you name it. We got you covered. So let's get the show started and underway. Before we do that, remember, you can always connect with me at paulamadeuslane.com, paulamadeuslane.com. And, yes, you want to follow me on social media. There's some pretty big surprises on, on all my uh, platforms. Uh, but what we wanted to do was to uh, start the show off uh, with someone we talked to on opening night at Comic-Con 2017. Now, some of you um, may have noticed that the Warner Brothers studio television group has a lot of their productions, their Game of Thrones, um, Big Bang Theory, Arrow, Flash, you name it. They are there. Well, I had an opportunity to talk to the person who was responsible for bringing all those Warner Brothers properties to Comic-Con. You're really going to enjoy this right here. And you're going to also, you're going to notice a very familiar set that we're on. Comic-Con 2017, I'm at the WB booth, and I'm with the president and chief marketing officer of Warner Brothers Television Group, Lisa Gregorian. Lisa, how are you, my dear? I'm doing great. I'm at Comic-Con. How can I do anything um, better than this? And you know, Lisa, speaking of Comic-Con, it's uh, your passion is the reason why we have a WB booth here. Not only that, that we have a lot of the Warner Brother properties here as well. Tell us what was your mindset when you decided, hey, we got to be there. 
we came here years ago, and I was a fangirl, so I came on my own. Um, and then we started bringing shows down to do sessions. But there was really a place in, in our mind for Warner Brothers, beyond DC, because we, we have a presence here with DC Comics, which is owned by Warner Brothers. But there are so many properties that even expand beyond the DC universe that have huge followings here that it made sense for us to be here. And, and Lisa, when it comes to deciding which properties to bring here and which panels to be a part of. Take us through that process. So we have a number of producers and talent that want to come to Comic-Con, especially now. It's different than in the old days where we had to sort of talk them through it and convince them. For us, it, superheroes are natural, right? So we have a new show, Black Lightning, that's going to be on the fall. That's a no-brainer, or it's going to be on in um, in January. That's a no-brainer for us. We that show should be brought here. It's a superhero. It's out of the DC Comics library and mythology. But then we have shows like Supernatural. Um, or Riverdale, or there are certain shows, even Big Bang Theory, which we spent a lot of time discussing Big Bang Theory before we brought it down here, and we worked very closely with the con to discuss whether or not we felt it would work. And I, I think part of it is having a partnership, not just with Comic-Con themselves when they're doing the programming, but also reaching out to the fans and getting their feedback. And, and Lisa, when we look at the presence here that Warner Brothers has here, when you decided to say, hey, we need to be at the con, do you sit back and think, wow, this is pretty cool? Yeah, are you kidding? Of course I do. It's, um, it's amazing. I, I, love, I love working for Warner Brothers. I've worked for Warner Brothers for close to 30 years, and it's an amazing company, and I'm a huge fangirl. I mean, you can see I'm wearing Harry Potter right now, um, but I, and I have a t-shirt for every day, but I'm a huge, huge fangirl myself. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. So, so for me, being here, these are my peeps. You know, forget that this is, these are all these shows that I love working on, that it's a company that I adore working for. These are my people. And what was like your fondest memory when you were a fangirl before you brought it here? What's some of your fondest memories of the con? Um, just that close up and personal um, opportunity to ask questions in a room to talent to not have a red carpet stanchion where they were on the other side and you were sort of a voyeur watching. There's a participation here. There's a moment of connection here that exists that doesn't really happen anywhere else. And, and, and Lisa, when you, when you look back at that experience when you were just a fan and now bringing uh, the WB here, what has been your fondest memory since you guys have been exhibiting here? Oh, see, there's a story you may not know. So we brought the Owl Ship in 2008. I think that's the year. And it's actually a funny story because I didn't realize you had to pay drayage, which when you actually attend a convention, they weigh every piece that you bring onto the convention floor. So it was 12,000 pounds, which was a late note. Um, but anyway, so we had the Owl Ship and there was a gentleman who had written the, the Watchmen series, and he was here. And there was a young man outside. He couldn't have been more than 26 or 28 years old. And he had been serving in the military. And I won't tell you where he was, but he had been serving in the military. A number of his um, comrades had lost their, their lives. And the Watchmen was something that they connected with when they were away. And 
he kind of had tears in his eyes. He knew who the guy was inside of, of the Watchmen Owl ship, and they were doing interviews. It was like, at that for time, it was like G4, and all these different interviews were taking place. And so I don't even think G4 exists anymore. And he started telling me, like, you don't understand. Watchmen meant so much to me and all of my guys. And, and then we introduced them when he came out, and they spoke for about 20 minutes. And what I tell people is, that's Comic-Con. That connection, that time, and it still gets me very emotional, but for me, what it says is, look, even if the creator of The Watchmen doesn't remember that story, which he probably does, that young man will tell that story to his grandchildren, right? Because for him, it was moving. For him, it meant something really, really special and personal. And, and that's what Comic-Con is. And that's what people don't really realize Comic-Con is, is, you know, and I've heard like, oh, they're nerds. No, 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 no. They are people that have a common passion. There are people, these are families that come here. This is not like a nerd boy convention, which is what I hear all the time. This is really, a, a, people save up all year to be able to come to the con. That is so a true. long story, sorry. No, no, I'm glad you opened up because that really, that really just, just brought home just the, the human element of the con, yeah, you know, when it comes to being what they're dealing with. And, that, and that's what the con is for us. It is that human element. It's, you know, look, we're, we're, I'm proud. I'm proud that we produce the shows we produce. I'm proud that we make the movies we make. I'm proud of our talent. I'm proud of everyone. So for us to be able to get all of these people in front of the fans and give them that moment, that's joyous. That's a joy. That that's like a gift that that we're getting. I know. I know the fans feel like they're getting a gift, but it's a gift for us to be able to give that back to them. And we truly appreciate it. Is not only being a member of the media. I'm a fan. Yeah. And, and, and I love being a part of the press rooms where I can I can I can fanboy out, but also be professional too. But but we we are truly appreciative to what you guys are doing at, at the WB and, and, and Warner Brothers and bringing all, all these, this great content. The wonderful Lisa Gregorian, President and Chief Marketing Officer, Warner Brothers Television Group. Awesome having you, my dear. Have a great con. I'd like to thank Lisa Gregorian once again uh, for joining me, President and Chief Marketing Officer over at Warner Brothers Television. And uh, it was an amazing uh, uh, time being there and going to the various press rooms uh, that Warner Brothers uh, we're, we're uh, putting on there. Got a chance to meet some great people at the Warner Brother Media Mixer. Second time in a row I got invited there. And I guess I didn't embarrass myself the last time, so I got invited back. Melissa, thank you and your crew. You guys do a fantastic job. And here are some of the highlights of that night. Some of the pictures that I, that I took with some of the great stars of the WB, Grant Gustin, Mr. Flash himself. We got Cole Sprouse. From Riverdale plays Jughead Jones, Stephen Amell, Arrow, and Candace Patton plays Iris West uh, on The Flash, and Cress Williams. Uh, Cress is the new star of Black Lightning, so stay tuned for that. Um, that's going to be an amazing show. And Cisco Ramon, Carlos Valdez, had a blast, and KJ Apple uh, from Riverdale. Archie, <laughs> it was a great time. Hey, when we get back, we're going to talk to a critic out there who's very opinionated and who has some opinions on a lot of shows out there. <laughs> Stay tuned. Coming up.
welcome back to the Tech Zone. I am Paul Amadeus Lane. This is ABC News KMET. Not only on your radio dial, but streaming on live stream, YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, you name it, we got you covered. While we were at Comic-Con, we had an opportunity to stop by and talk to a familiar, let's say, colorful hair critic out there. And we had an opportunity to chat with her and ask her, what was she doing at Comic-Con and some of the things that she had an opinion on? With a very special guest here, Gray Drake, senior editor of Rotten Tomatoes. How you doing, my dear? Oh, my God. I'm perfect. Yes, you are. <laughs> now, 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 let's talk about the presence here at Comic-Con. Uh, you just did a live show here. Yeah. Your opinion sucks. How did it go? Uh, it's great. It was full of sucky opinions. <laughs> and that's what we love. We, like, the website is all about discussion, debate, everybody talking about things that they love, things that they don't. And the fact that we can disagree about it but still go home friends, it's really important. And great. I, I really love the way that you give your criticism of, of certain shows. You know, it's, it's fresh. It makes a lot of sense. Do you ever get any blowback from the criticism? Sure. Absolutely. Because everybody has opinions and they all suck. So people get mad. And that's the thing is that we can still discuss this. Art is really subjective. And so it's really not about is it fresh or is it rotten. It's about the discussion that happens between us. We need to talk to each other. That's true. And, and when it comes to being here at Comic-Con, talk about that experience. It's pretty wild. Isn't oh, my it? God. There is nothing like it. Being at Comic-Con is amazing because I can walk around in a Catwoman costume and nobody even looks twice. <laughs> it's the greatest. I, I think my favorite thing is that, like, you're among friends everywhere you go. And every, like, when you're in line waiting for a coffee, you're just talking to somebody and they, you know, you start talking like, oh, you watch The Strain, I watch The Strain, you know, and you just find friends everywhere you go at Comic-Con. Now let's talk about some predictions of uh, new shows that are happening here at Comic-Con that's going to debut either uh, this season or next season. What are you most looking forward to? Well, hmm. <laughs> they just showed a new Inhumans trailer. Now, I am not familiar with the source material, but that was what interested me about the trailer because it didn't lure me in as somebody who doesn't know anything. So I was kind of confused because I thought maybe that's not the best trailer for me. Maybe I won't like the show. But then on the other hand, there's one like The Defenders and the characters in that show. So like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil. I, I'm not going to mention Iron Fist on purpose, but I really like those other shows. So I, that one is sort of got me interested. And when we look at the way technology is now, where we can have Amazon Prime, we can have Netflix, all these different streaming uh, platforms out there. How has that changed the game uh, just for the things that we watch nowadays? I think there's so much more to watch. So there's a lot of competition and that naturally just makes everybody try harder because they have to fight to get attention, which is really good news for all viewers because there's just a wealth of stuff to choose from. And when it comes to uh, giving your opinion about certain things, uh, how do you choose which show to, to really give your opinion? You know, is it feedback you've gotten from the fans or just something that, that you've noticed personally that you said, you know what, I'm going to give my opinion on this one right here. Well, I really like to give a shot to stuff that I don't know a lot about. And so I'm just as big a fan of Game of Thrones as anybody else. It's a very popular show, but I kind of like to check, off, check out stuff that's off the beaten path because if I like it, 
then I have the ability to spread the word, see what the critics said, and get some eyes on a show that might not have gotten a lot of attention before. And what has that done to, to the audience out there who follow Rotten Tomatoes, who follow the show? What has that done when you are able to offer their opinion? Do they say, hey, great, thanks for telling me that because, you know, I got the same view that you have. What was some of the, the feedback you get? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's about 50-50, like, I love you, I hate you. <laughs> But the point is that we all like the point is that you have to stand your ground and be respectful, which is not something that often happens on the Internet these days. Uh, but I'm actually really lucky. Like, you know, I have a lot of people that I talk with online that I've never met in person who just love Rotten Tomatoes and they like to hear what I think about stuff. And so we generally remain pretty civil. You know, one, one thing I appreciate about, about you is everyone loves your style and your swag, you know, even if they may not even agree with your opinion. They love you being you. They, they they just love you. Thank you. That's really nice. It's like this is the best job in the world. I'm a former filmmaker. My whole life I've always loved movies and TV shows. My parents loved movies and TV. I mean, everyone, it's like this is like a family legacy. And the fact that I've been able to turn it into a career and that I get to share it with so many people because I have such a great platform, it's really special. I love it. You know, I, I really understand where you're coming from because I'm a former musician myself cool what and uh, i used to play keyboard bass guitar trumpet you name oh it. my god you're yeah. one of those that can do everything yeah okay, and, and that's what my nickname that's super annoying by the way yes and my nickname is amadeus because i'm crazy just like him <laughs> but 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 here's what i see what i see when i listen to music i listen to it with a critical ear because i've done it before yeah. and as a former filmmaker you're able to see things that we are not able to see and how has that experience really helped you out well that's certainly true. I, I, you know, I've made movies so I can see kind of, I, things at work that a lot of people don't know. But, you know, something interesting started happening when I went to film school. A lot of people started using the phrase, oh, well, I don't know because I'm not a professional filmmaker. I don't study film. But the thing is, is that I would always argue because when you watch movies or TV, that does make you an expert. It just, it just usually means that you don't have a specific word that a professor taught you about a certain thing but we you can see you're still knowledgeable you just might not have the tools that it takes to speak about it in a certain way so that's the other thing that i like is just like talking to fans and being a fan of something i always try to think of that when i'm watching movies i don't want to just be a person that knows technical stuff i want to just be a fan and did i enjoy it did it make me happy what is your favorite show now? Am I going to get you in trouble for saying that, or can you tell me what your favorite mm. show are the are the one you really enjoy? Okay. Something that was just released on Netflix that I didn't have a lot of interest in but turned on anyway, because I'll give anything a chance for at least one episode, was Glow. Lady, like, like gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I love Alice and Brie. I think that so many of those women are so interesting in the show. So I watched one, and I was like, Okay. And then fast forward to like six hours later, I had finished the entire thing. My husband was sitting there with me and we both were like, oh, we want season two already. So Glow was so good. And it's also fresh on the tomato meter, which is great. That's awesome. I love the tomato meter because I, that guides me in a lot of things that, that I watch. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask you too, and that is when you give your opinion about a certain, certain series, show or movie, have you ever been wrong, in your opinion, after you've given it a little bit more time? You know what? Like, whose opinion is wrong and whose opinion is right? And that's kind of, <laughs> that's what I love about it, is that, you know, like I said earlier, art is subjective. 
and everybody's allowed to have their respectful view of something and how they reacted. That's just how it is. But I mean, I would never go so far as to say I'm always right, even though I am always right. But I mean, okay, fine. Like I've been wrong before. Like maybe Anchorman 2 was actually better than I thought it was when I saw it in the theater or like maybe the intern with Owen Wilson, like didn't make me want to kill myself when I watch in a hotel room. Also airplanes really change things for me because I watch stuff on airplanes and like it. When I would never watch that in real life. So airplanes are like a safe zone. So like, don't listen to my opinion if I've seen something on an airplane, I guess. But I should probably not tell you when to not listen to me. Yeah, we always need to <laughs> listen to you, Gray. Yes. And, uh, and since we're at Comic-Con, I have to ask, you're looking stunning in your Catwoman outfit. Thank you. Thank you. You're looking, like you said, perfect. <laughs> I can't do it perfect. You know, it's pretty good. So let me ask you a Comic-Con related question. I've been asking this of all the stars and, and people in the business all Weekend long, all week long. If you can take a superhero, now turn him into a villain in the villain category, mm-hmm. which superhero would you pick? Hmm. Let's see. So one of my favorite kind of off-the-beaten-path superhero movies is Chronicle. So Dane DeHaan is in that, and Michael B. Jordan is in that as well, and they're kind of like fighting each other. So Dane DeHaan is the bad guy, and Michael B. Jordan is good and that is also true in life because I love Michael B. Jordan so much I want him to hop in my pocket but (laughs) he's such a good actor like he was so good in Creed that I actually think that he would have made a great villain so I'd love to see a sequel to Chronicle I'd love for him to like turn it around because I know he could do it like as an actor but also the character would be really interesting that's awesome definitely definitely love your opinion that opinion didn't suck I'm cool with that so so tell me um, how can ones continue to find out what you're doing? Um, your opinion sucks. Rotten Tomatoes, how can they continue to uh, to be a part of the experience? And also, those out there who don't know about the experience, yeah. how can they jump on the bandwagon? Okay, well, the most important thing is that you can see all my interviews and my content on our Rotten Tomatoes YouTube channel. It's an easy way to find it. But then across social media, I'm easy to find. It's my name. So it's G-R-A-E-D-R-A-K-E. We do not have Y's in my name. My family finds them untrustworthy. There you go. That's our stance on wise. You're welcome. I love that. The beautiful, <laughs> talented, always opinionated, Gray Drake with me. And uh, stay tuned for more of our coverage here. Great talking to you, my dear. What? Great talking to you, oh my Oh, my God. I was so busy making love to the camera that I didn't even hear you say thank you for the talk. And it was, I'm so arrogant. What is wrong with me? You're beautiful, too. (laughs) Thank you. You're feeding it. You're making it much worse. The always opinionated Gray Drake. I tell you, Gray, she was just off the chain of awesomeness. That's all that I'm saying. And she was rocking that Catwoman outfit. And you notice she had different color hair, didn't she? She was amazing. Got a chance to talk with her. And, uh, gosh, I tell you, make sure you follow her. Her opinions are, are just... Just say they're like no other, and you will enjoy them, and she appreciates your opinion, too. Well, where's our next stop going to take us from our Comic-Con recap? You have to stay tuned to find out. We'll be right back, right here. Welcome back to the Tech Zone. 
ABC News came in on your radio dial, streaming on live stream, YouTube, you name it, iHeart, what else, what else, iTunes do. And uh, we are giving you a rundown of what we were able to accomplish over at Comic-Con 2017, some of the great interviews, other great people you've been listening and, and watching uh, some of the great interviews. We got invited to a very unique press room, and it was for a new show. And that's one thing about Comic-Con. Uh, that's a place where uh, new shows can come and to build up some fan support and get us members of the media to, to talk about it. There's a new sci-fi show. It's called Medina. Now, Medina is really unique. It was filmed entirely in Qatar, in the Middle East, the first ever sci-fi drama uh, to be able to be shot in Qatar. And it has some wonderful actors who are involved in this project. And over the next a few weeks, we will be playing interviews uh, from, from all the actors uh, who are involved in this project. But what we wanted to do in this segment was introduce you to two actors who is involved in this project and uh, some of the experiences. And I'm with all-world actor extraordinaire Eric Roberts. How you doing, Eric? I'm great today, man. It's, it's great to be here. Eric, it is great to interview you. I, out of all the people I interviewed, I always wanted to interview, and I finally get a chance to do thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have a great life and a lot of fun, so thank you very much. Awesome. So, Eric, when we look at this new sci-fi uh, series right here, and when you got the call that you were going to be one of the main actors, what went through your mind? Well, I'll be honest with you. I said yes to this project because it's in Qatar and I had never seen Qatar. So I said yes because of location. Okay, we got there. I met the owner of the studio and the creator of the show. Fell in love with the guy. Ahmed L. Baker, cool cat, smart cat, very talented, very, very, very gifted mind. So we hung out. But uh, it was hot there, so hot. 125, 25 degrees by 11 o'clock in the morning, hot. Okay. But this guy has a dream and, and, uh, and a movie studio that's every, every movie geek's fantasy. It's so cool. And he's a cool guy. So because of that, I went back, had the greatest time. We made a really good piece. And it's a piece that's never been seen before. It's very unusual. And it's going to blow people's minds. And one of the things that really intrigued me was that this is the first sci-fi series that takes place, like you said, in Qatar, in, in the Middle East. Yeah. And... How is filming out in Qatar different from filming out in Hollywood or, or other locations, Canada? Well, besides being hot, everything in Qatar is brought from somewhere else. So uh, it's not like home where you have access to everything. You have to plan in Qatar. And they're a very rich country, so they do have everything, but it has to be brought in. And uh, you don't have access to everything every day. So, Eric, when we look at that challenge right there, did you have to, like, you're a pro, but did you have to, like, dig deep and say, okay, this is a little bit different from me being in Hollywood, and I kind of maybe rough it a little bit, or walk us through that? I'll be honest with you. Roughing it, you know, for me, is having a different brand of toilet paper. I'm the luckiest cat I've ever met. I have the best life I've ever heard about. And, and I have no complaints whatsoever. And when I have to do without... 
I run out of toothpaste, whatever it is. It's not a big deal. I'm the luckiest cat I've ever known. And I got the best wife, the best marriage, the best career, the best family. I got it made, dude. Yes, you do, my friend. And uh, let's talk about your character now. Sure. Let, let ones know um, a little bit about your character because today the series actually debuted here live at Comic-Con. Yes, so we got a chance to watch the pilot. So let's talk about your character. My guy is an every man's man. He's not tough. He's not, he's not a bad guy. Uh, he's an ordinary kind of a cat. And, uh, but he gets put in these extraordinary circumstances, and he does not become heroic. He, um, his, uh, his, his, his weakness shows, and his fears show. And uh, he's not the man I would like to be in life. But he's not a bad guy. And why I enjoyed playing him is um, he starts one way and he becomes another and then he becomes another because of the circumstances. And that was a lot of fun for me. And Eric, was it fun playing a series where you were, I guess, in the, in the future? Because this, this series takes place um, decades in the future. And what was kind of like the, the view uh, of the future that they were going to check out? Well, uh, it's a future, but I got to say, it's a future in the desert. Not a lot changes in the desert from day to day, I got to warn you. But uh, yeah, we, uh, you uh, have to wrap your head around, around time in a whole other way to play stuff that hasn't happened yet. So Eric, being at Comic-Con, talk about that experience. Uh, uh, have you had a chance to walk around and see some of the cool uh, different costumes? I've not seen anything except this room and the, and the big room out there. But, uh, but, but Comic-Con is the, is, the, is the creme de la creme of these things. This is it. So, so we're here to take part. Eric, it's been an honor talking to you, my friend, and, and having you. Uh, looking forward to this series going a long time, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a bunch. I'm with Ro Brooks. What's going on, Ro? Oh, man, what's going on? Man, it is so good to see you here at Sci-Fi. Likewise. Thanks a lot, man. You know, talk about being in Qatar, you know, for, for many months. First thing I can say, it was a culture shock. You know, I, it was my first time actually being out of the country. So to go to another country over 8,000 miles away and to see all these other beautiful people, man, with these different cultures and, you know, the way that they dress and their language, Arabic, and it was just a culture shock. And it's just such a beautiful place, man. It's gorgeous, like a really beautiful place. Now, I was reading up on your, on your character. Okay. You work for the government now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, man. I'm CIA all day. <laughs> yeah. So what, what did you do to research that, uh, that character? Well, I'm from the hood, so I, I didn't have to do a lot of research because I'm from the hood, so I know how the, the uh, FBI, CIA, uh, local police department, I know how they work, basically. So, um, you know, I just tried to take what I already knew and what I saw, you know, just from uh, growing up in the hood or just, you know, just growing up in general, and I took, put that into my character. And now, Ro, you have your beautiful daughter with you? Yes, this is Israel. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you proud of your dad? Yes, I'm very proud. Now, did you miss him in Qatar? Yeah, I did. I was waiting for him to come home, but like, the, the longest. <laughs> that is awesome. Your dad's a marvelous actor. Uh, some of my colleagues and everything, we were like, we didn't see him on Haves and Have Not this season. I'm like, where he at? Right. He's in Qatar, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. did an upgrade, my friend. Yeah, my man. Thank you so much. So, so, so talk about 
um, your character and what is one episode you're looking forward to seeing where it really showcased all your talent? Uh, honestly, it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, I love the, the entire show. Um, I was blessed in this show because they, they've given me so much. Um, my character continues to rise. And each episode, and I, I, I'm, I'm introduced in episode two. So from there on, I'm through the entire season. But my, my character has such a, uh, an awesome plot, man. It's, it's really crazy. But let me tell you this much. I'm a CIA agent, and um, I'm coming from the States to come to Qatar to look for my partner. My partner's missing. So I come to find him. And once, I, once I come to find him, I find another situation where someone needs my help. So I assist this person with what he needs. At the same time, I'm looking for my partner, and it builds up, and it builds up. I, I can't give the story away, but it's a phenomenal plot. Yes, phenomenal storyline. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And being a part of a sci-fi production, yes. how's that different from being part of a, a straight drama? Well, for one, it's a lot of CGI. You know, um, it's a lot of uh, uh, facial expressions in front of things that aren't there. So you have really have to be a really good actor or a good pretender to know how to make the audience feel as though you're looking at something that's not really there. So that's, that's the biggest difference for me because this also is a drama. So I keep that along with, you know, the expressions of seeing these characters that aren't really there. Yeah. Now, now being from Baltimore in the hood, right. being out in Qatar. It's an avenue, baby. That's what I'm talking about. All day, yeah. Baltimore Ravens, right? Believe it. Uh, yeah. So, so when it comes to shooting out there in 130 degrees, 140, 140, 140 and counting. Yes, I lost like 10 pounds. Man, how did you deal with that? I had the slightest idea. It was so hot. Qatar in general is hot, but remind you, we shot on the actual desert as well. So it was extremely hot. We drank water after water after water after what that's the only thing that got us through drinking a lot of water wearing a lot of sunglasses and head wraps yes wow so so when you got a chance to see the premiere today here at comic-con live were, were, were you checking out the the fan reaction and did it exceed your expectation it exceeded my expectations i expected it to be nice because i know who i'm working with but it went through the roof I heard the fans. I didn't know it was a sold-out room. The whole room was packed. That in itself let you know, let me know that this show is definitely a hit. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away with what happened, man. You know, what went down in the show and how it all came together. Paul, Ray, he is my favorite. <laughs> yes. That's my man, him yes. Weezy. Ro, 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 he is. I him love Weezy. him. I love him. Yes, my man. I was waiting for this moment, guys. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yes, he actually That's was. Yeah, he was waiting till we filmed. He was like, are we filming yet? Are we filming yet? That's yeah, my yeah, man. Yeah. That's him one. Yeah. No, but it, but, but, but it really sounds like, Ro, that, uh, that this series, man, is like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like a dream come true for you. It is, man, because I like to stretch. Um, my talent you know I like to I like to check my range and see it's a, it was a challenge to see how far you can go and to still make it a believable situation and like you said um, it's sci-fi so that's a challenge and then it was shot in another country so that was a gift 
and it was a vacation at the same time. So when, when we're off, we get to have great times together as a cast. We traveled, we got on boats, we went on cruises, we got on Camelback. We did a lot of things together. So what more can I say, man? It was, it was a, definitely a blessing from God. Well, great talking to you, my friend, and much success. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, man. All right, great talking to you. All right, thank you. We like to... We'd like to thank Eric Roberts and also Roe Brooks for uh, opening up to us what it's like to shoot this show in Qatar. 140 degrees, folks. What'd you do then? We also had some cameo uh, appearances in the interview. Uh, we had uh, Roe's uh, lovely daughter, Israel, and also Himrod <laughs> Tawari, international actor. You got to stay tuned for his for his uh, interview we're gonna play him on the next show he was amazing we were dancing at the uh the premiere uh they had over at the hyatt if you follow me on social media you can see us <laughs> dancing the tootsie right <laughs> yes you can fun cast uh fun group of people we wish them much success so stay tuned we'll keep you posted on when and where you can watch met We'll be back. More show after these messages. Welcome back to the show. Fourth and final segment. And we enjoyed bringing you some of our coverage uh, from comic-con 2017 if you missed uh, any of uh, the show you can uh, check it out on iHeartRadio, uh youtube live stream you name it we got you covered here on abc news kmet yes we do well through our travels at uh, comic-con we were able to stumble across a, a lot of great content and a lot of a lot of great actors a lot of great producers and then creators and in my travels of, of covering technology and entertainment, uh, parents always ask me, let us know of some things that our children can watch. Because let's face it, some parents uh, don't want their children watching uh, too much uh, violent content. So they're looking for some kid-friendly uh, shows that they can watch. And especially with technology now, kids can bring it up on their smartphone. So parents want to make sure that their kids are watching something that, that they would have watched when they were young and it kind of takes parents back towards uh memory lane and i'm going to take you back towards memory lane myself right now remember the shows hr puffin stuff and what about lidsville lidsville is so kooky 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 what about electro woman and dinah girl see some of my younger viewers and listeners you have no idea what i'm talking about and uh, remember the land of the lost, land of the lost, 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 lost. But you will. Because Amazon Prime is rebooting one of my childhood favorites, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. And I had an opportunity to catch up with all world creator, producer, director, you name it, all the superlatives go to Marty Croft and also David Arquette. They joined me to talk about the new Sigmund reboot and what they hope to accomplish from the Comic-Con experience. And yes, folks, I even asked the question, is there going to be a new theme song? Is it? 
You have to stay tuned for the answer. Check it out. How are you guys enjoying your con? Oh, it's big. <laughs> there weren't enough people yesterday, though. I was surprised. <laughs> it was hard for me to get around in this chair. I was like, oh. what am I going to do, right? But at least you get to sit. Absolutely. I don't get tired. I don't get tired. So uh, we're here in uh, Sigmund and Sea Monster. Right. Uh, one of my favorite shows growing up. And uh, what are some of the things that, that you wish to accomplish here at Comic-Con uh, with some of the newer generations who haven't watched the show and in, in, on Amazon Prime? To get to the train on time. <laughs> no, actually, this guy here, is uh, we met him in about the year 2000. He hosted our 40th anniversary of Puff and Stuff. The great thing about our shows, our villains, Witchy Poo, you know, uh, Martha Ray was Benita Bazaar. So this guy here is our new villain in uh, Barnabas. And David is first class, talented, and the best guy. Awesome. And David, talk about, talk about being Barnabas, my friend. Oh, Barnabas is just so fun. It's so great to be able to play a character that's larger than life. And you can create a, such an interesting backstory. And just, you know, it, it, it's like acting a cartoon. You know, and, and they provide such an incredible world to be a part of. So it's fun. We have amazingly talented young actors in it. And that's why we come out to, to Comic-Con to, like, get people aware of, of, you know, this new show that's out, but that it has such a history. And with the Internet, you can find stuff and learn about, you know, where it came from. Awesome. So well, i got to tell you, I found out this morning that Sigmund loves David. <laughs> and you know what? Wow, that Dave, is so Dave, good, David. David has become, you know, David has been our friend for a long time. But I call him our house villain because he can play any part, you know. And uh, and they just roam around their houses and then create villainy. Well, the best news I heard about David, he's moving three blocks from where I live. Yeah. Wow. So I told him he gets his plumbing done real quick. There you go. <laughs> so, Marty, um, we've got a new theme song? Well, on, on Sigmund, actually, why change it? We had about a million hits on YouTube. So when we, you change it for a reason. You know, if it works, don't fix it. It's already fixed. Absolutely. So, yeah, but the theme songs are important. You're right, of all our shows. Absolutely. Great talking to you guys. We're looking forward to, uh, to checking it out, and you guys enjoy your Comic-Con. Thank hey, you. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Mark. You know, there always comes a time when you're covering things as a journalist, and you want to try to keep your composure. You don't want to fanboy out. I almost did interview with uh, Marty Croft. I mean, I grew up on, on his productions. It really shaped my life, and it was an honor honor that that i had just talking to him him and uh, the late great dr maya angelo those are my two uh, favorite interviews i ever did in my whole career and i'm so honored uh to have a chance to talk to to marty croft and even uh, even david arquette <laughs> david was chilling with his sunglasses one day. i love david <laughs> love him to death and, and don't forget amazon prime some great kid friendly content that parents can can let the children watch you know without 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 freaking out, without freaking out. Hey, on um, on the show next week, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of more Amazon Prime um, kid-friendly shows that are out there, so you don't want to miss that. And the answer of the question, will there be a new theme song? What did Marty say? Marty said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
he may have said it differently, but if it's not broke, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have spoke the King's English. Hey, but thank you so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for some great content, ABC News, KMET, and uh, we look forward to bringing you some more of our, our great coverage from Comic-Con 2017. Until next time, take care of yourself, folks. <laughs>